Well, certainly wish as we record here early in the week after the D.C. United game last week, we had better news to talk about. A tough result down in the nation's capital against the Red Bulls' longest rival in Major League Soccer. Back here with Connor Laid, I'm Matt Harmon. This is our Red Bulls weekly podcast. Connor and I uh, doing this one by ourselves today, really kind of break things down, get in depth, and then look ahead because, Connor, you, you start to think of it and I, and I would guess, I'm sure players always look at it, but maybe from a media perspective, once you get to the end part of July, you really start focusing on, are you above the line? Are you below the line? Where are you? Transfer window type stuff. You know, what, what team's going to make the move? There's a lot going on right now, um, not even quite at the midpoint of the MLS season. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the time a little bit probably before with you've got other competitions coming in and you've got, a lot going on for sure. And you're right. You, you don't necessarily look at that line uh, too much in the early part of the season. You know, teams have won MLS cup from below that line teams of who are riding a high have really tanked in the second half of the season. So I think it's uh, that doesn't really come into play too much until this point of the year. And you start measuring yourself against other teams in the league. You have a much bigger sample size. And so, yeah, I think the, the, the window open as well. It's going to be very interesting to see how uh, how the Rebels maneuver throughout this. I know they've been looking at center backs. Um, you know, they've been looking at other positions around the field. I know they're, every team is looking to constantly improve their team. And so it's going to be interesting to see how how uh, this club maneuvers through that. And uh, But, yeah, it's it's becoming second half of the season where it's crunch time in terms of results and getting uh, as many points as you can. As always here on Red Bulls Weekly, we're brought to you by our good friends at NJIT, the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Connor, you know, a lot to kind of break down from when we talked last week and we had Steve Jolly on. We kind of went through, okay, the rain out against Miami, uh, get back on track up in Toronto, able to grab a point and then look ahead to that D.C. game. I think all three of us said, hey, if you can figure a way to get four out of those six points between Toronto and D.C., you feel really good about this team yet after those two games, you get only a point. And, and I think the way the games break down, you think about it, you know, you, you go up one, nothing against Toronto, they come back. All right. I think you just kind of throw your hands up in the air and say, we got the point on the road thinking there would be three out there in DC. When you, when you think of it from a, a conceptual standpoint, from a player standpoint, from a coaching staff standpoint, how disappointed do you think this team, this coaching staff is right now when you look at it and say, how did we only get one point out of those two games? I, th I think it's extremely disappointed. I think, uh, you know, we've talked about it in, in depth before, but the standard that Gerhard has set and, you know, you, figure, you look at those games and they're winnable. Um, you know, you're up in Toronto, you get a lead, you get a lot of chances as well. They could have, you know, piled on two or three goals in that first half. And then you walk away, yeah, disappointed with a draw, um, you know, realizing that, you know, the uh, three points were available. But, you know, it's still to get four points, you know, going down to D.C., get a, another three points and get a four-point week instead of a one-point week would be, you know, I think you walk away feeling happy. But, you know, coming out of the, the match last night, I think it's you walk away feeling worse than ever, really, because of really the way the team uh, performed. I think it's especially in a matchup like that against DC. Um, you know, you you look around the field and not a lot of guys won their battles on the day, and so that is 
not a recipe for success. I think uh, things weren't clicking in the final third. You could tell the the district or the service was off. You know, when we did get in good spots, just couldn't put uh, a few passes together in the final third. Things just fell apart a little bit, and so that was the disappointing part of things. I think I you're you're due for games like that throughout the year. The, these games are going to happen. You just hope they're not in a I think in a DC United match where you know, emotions are usually high, but I think that's going to be another growing part for this team is learning how to play in these rivalry matches. Not a lot of these guys have played in these matches. And so that's going to be a big part of the growth of this club is not only understanding what this game entails, but kind of reliving a little bit of the history and realizing there's a lot on the line in these games. You are 100% partner reading my mind because as you're talking, I'm trying to formulate where are we going to go with, with the next kind of question conversation piece? And I think there is something to the fact that with so many new guys on the roster, you can talk about it, you can build it up, you could read an article, but unless you're really part of it and understand it and maybe have, you know, and I'm going to say without a Danny Royer maybe around, without some older players that haven't necessarily um, made their mark so far in the season, mostly due to injury than anything else, a lot of these younger players, they don't know oh, from 1996 and Major League Soccer started, this is Red Bull's biggest rivalry because probably until this year, they might, you know, clearly they know MLS, they know some of the teams, they know Red Bull, but they don't understand the magnitude of it at all. Is, it, is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think in certain cases, for sure. I think you understand that it's a rivalry, but there's no way to really get them ready for that until you throw them into it. And, you know, I think, DC, you know, they were, they didn't have their strongest 11, which also adds to the disappointment and not getting a result down there, uh, you know, with their international call-ups and a couple injuries on their side as well. But it's still a strong DC United team who's, you know, been playing well lately. And so I think that they realized what the match was, even though they did have new players. So it's, it's, you have to find ways of trying to draw that emotion out of your own team and, getting them on the same page as kind of maybe the older guys on the team, but it's not easy. And so I think they're going to be better for this game. You know, you try to find some positives out of it and you did get to experience that first DC United match for some of these guys. And so you're just hoping then second time out, it's going to be a, a different result. So, so take me through because, it, you know, Steve and I talked about it last night on the broadcast, every team goes through it. They have that game somewhere along the way. And a lot of teams probably, in this stage, late July, August, kind of the midpoint of the year, you just have a have a stinker. And I think for anyone watching that game last night, they would say that was not a great performance from the Red Bull team. And I think in a lot of other games, you'd be able to say the battles were won, the duels were won. Did we do all of it? No, um, but but it was it was in sync. It was there. And last night, nothing really clicked. You talked about the final third, nothing really worked going forward. Ultimately, Bill Hamid was not really challenged. Um, oftentimes during the course of the night on Monday, after the game, Tuesday, Wednesday, I know film and the analytic part is so important, but if you have a game like this, does it just, is it one of those, Hey, we're not going to really watch it. We're not going to talk about it. We're just going to move forward. What, what direction do coaches usually go? Do they wash it away or do they kind of ingrain it into maybe a young team and say, this is not acceptable. And on top of it, you have to now rewatch it. Yeah. I think it's especially dealing with a young, younger team. I think you, you have to watch it. 
I think that's going to be one of the tough lessons that you have to learn. And I know this is going to be one of those days that you're taking that, that walk to video is going to be a little bit slower because you're just not, you're dreading kind of getting in that room and watching that game back. And so I think from my experience, I think, you know, different coaches have dealt with it in different ways, but I think right now and hearing the things that Gerhard had to say after the game, I think you have to realize that they're going to be watching this back. You have, you have to with the young guys. You, these are the lessons you need to learn, and you kind of have to hammer them home. And so, I, I'd also say that you look ahead to the next game, and you're facing New England, one of the hottest teams in MLS right now, who hasn't really missed a beat this year. And I feel like you have to get this these types of lessons learned now, and you can't just brush them to the side, especially going into a game like that this weekend. So I feel like you know you always want to have a response, and I know that. Gerhard, obviously, from the outside looking in, he he's going to have them competing this week in training. He's going to have them, you know, getting them ready to go for Saturday because it's it's only going to get harder from here. Connor, tell me a little bit about it. And we haven't seen it too, too often, but I did see it a little bit more last night, which makes sense, because if you think about their performance, clearly there's frustration there's probably a lot of, you know, a lot of this finger pointing. And I don't mean it in a, in a negative way, but this way you know that that soccer player kind of mentality of why didn't you why didn't you lay it off here i i was here and you played the ball over there on a night where things aren't going real well do things like that get magnified when players after 90 minutes go back into the locker room are they looking at each other with a a little bit of a different look or, or can players be professional and say hey listen i was part of that i didn't really show up very well either and instead of looking at the guy next to you, you're also making sure that you're looking at the mirror at yourself. Yeah, I, I think there's different ways of approaching that. I know every player is different. You know, some guys get back in the locker room and it's a lot of it's internal. I know me as a player, like when you had a result like that, you go in the locker room. And I think for me, I, I'm always looking at myself the hardest rather than anyone else around me. But I think it's very important for guys to be challenging each other after a result like that. I think obviously using it the right way and not totally getting extremely negative, but you want guys going back in that locker room and letting everyone know around them that that was not good enough. I think that is extremely important after a game like that. And you can't just go back in the locker room and, you know, put your arm around each other and, you know, it was, it's okay. And say it's okay because at the end of the day, it's not. And I know that Gerhard Schreuer, he, he's going to say that's not okay. I know Sean Davis, you know, these these guys are going to come back in the locker room. And I think that has to be the messaging. You can't let a game like that happen again or you try your best not to. But you realize there's going to be some down results throughout the year. But I think you have to find the right mix of, you know, letting everyone know. Yeah, sure. It's like it wasn't our night and you all realize that. But you also need to challenge each other. And I feel like the best teams that I've played on, you find that mix. Listen, I was very close with Dax McCarty off the field and Sasha Klushin, but you come back in the locker room and you get challenged by these guys and that you become a better player for it. And I think that's that's going to be the big test for this team is is for these veterans and really a lot of the younger players to find their voice and start challenging maybe the older players who maybe didn't have a great game themselves. So I feel like you you like to have these younger players find their voice as well. And so it's going to be a big uh, a big learning lesson or a lesson learned for this team to to bounce back from this game. 
Hunter, before we take a break and then we'll come back and we'll kind of lay out what's coming up uh, with New England, Cincinnati, the next two games on the schedule, the start of a two game homestand on Saturday with the revolution. You, you just mentioned a couple of guys there, Dax and Sasha. Do you have any f- memories of, man, we really stunk up the joint tonight. And when we came into the locker room, somebody, whether it was those two or somebody else just laid into us as a team. You know, the, the one, the ones that definitely come to mind are, it's hard to get by, but it's, it's Thierry, you know, getting back in the locker room. And even if you won a game and he didn't like, like the way we played, sometimes he'd let, you know, as well. And so, um, but exact memories, there's, there's definitely been a lot of times. And I, I'd also loop Bradley, uh, Red Phillips into that as well, because he, he'd let, you know, he was probably one of my closest friends off the field, but in training, in games, he'd be screaming at you. And that's a fine line. You know, you can leave that stuff on the field and that gets, you pick it up next time. But once you, you leave the field, you know, you know, you can say what you need to say and leave it to the side. And, you know, you both know that there's that respect there. And as long as a person who's receiving that is receiving it the right way, obviously you can challenge back if you feel like challenging. But I feel like if you are actually taking those lessons in and you know internally that it wasn't your best performance as well, you can use that in the right direction. But yeah, there's, there's been a lot of talks, um, you know, within our team over the past, uh, you know, over the course of my career, but there's been some stuff broken, some water bottles thrown around the room and you're playing at home and you're, you're walking home with wet clothes because things have been thrown around a little bit, but I think it's, uh, it, I'll keep some of that stuff in the locker room and, uh, between, between me and those guys. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I will say one of the, one of the best parts of my job since 2015 till now in 2021 minus this past year with COVID has been being able to go to training and watch the players just, I mean, absolutely get after each other. You know, you wouldn't have any idea on days that Connor Laid was friends with Bradley Wright Phillips or Bradley Wright Phillips and Dax McCarty. I'm just using the names that you had brought up of players in the past because the competition level is so high. The trick, I guess, is to make sure, hey, listen, this is on the field, not off the field, because you don't want, right, with young players, them to now internalize it as, oh, Connor Lay doesn't like me anymore, or I'm not part of the locker room or the team. That That is a little bit of the risk that you run, right? Yeah, I, I think that's, it's definitely part of it. But at the end of the day, if that, you know, if that player isn't mature enough to realize they're trying to make you better then they're going to have to grow up themselves and that's going to be okay. Maybe that's, you know, I think all players react differently. I think I could, I could put a list together of guys who, you know, if you're going to go at them, they're going to take it the wrong way over my time here. And so I think that's, it's all a part of realizing who you're talking to. I think you, you know how guys react to different things, but at the end of the day, you can't just leave these things unsaid because no one's getting better if if you're just sugarcoating everything. I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't love to hear Thierry Henry come into the locker room and lay into everybody, especially after a win. I think it'd be more fun after a win than it would have been after a loss. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, Connor and I will look ahead a little bit to the New England game on Saturday with the Revolution coming in, the final of the three meetings between the two teams. This is Red Bull Weekly brought to you by NJIT. New York Red Bulls Weekly brought to you in part by the New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. Number one of the nation for student upward economic mobility. 
Learn more at njit.edu. Second part of our Red Bull Weekly podcast with Connor Laid. I'm Matt Harmon. We're brought to you by the good friends at New Jersey Institute of Technology. Connor, it is New England coming in on Saturday, a team that has had Red Bull's number so far this year in very different games, both of them being at Gillette up at Foxborough. First game, you got the double yellow red card situation with Andres Reyes after New York had taken the lead. Second game, team goes down big, rallies back, makes a game of it in the second half. Which one, if you're Gerhard Struber, are you kind of pinning your hat on a little bit more going into Saturday? I think you got to find a little bit from each. I don't think you can really – I think there's a lot of lessons that were learned in each of those matchups. And, of course, we know that the 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 first meeting, obviously, it was, it was tough because after such a good start, you you had so much optimism but you know that these matchups in new england are tough and i think you can go back through history and realize how tough this this series is up there but i think to have them come to to red bull arena we've always done well against new england in red bull arena and you hope that 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 feeling is the same for them coming into our house and so i think you have to you have to get back to what's made you good this year and go back to the games. You know, you almost you take the pieces from New England, but you also want to go back and look at those Orlando games and Nashville and the games that you did really well and what made you do so well. And I feel like those that was your best self really that you showed in those games. So you're taking little pieces from that. You're obviously studying New England 100 percent because it's they they've been really the cream of the crop this year, them in Seattle. And they're really pacing the league right now, and they've had an incredible, incredible run of games. And so, it, it's going to be probably the biggest measuring stick uh, game of the year. And you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of factors come into play when you're playing up in New England. But you're back at home, you're playing against New England. It's it's going to be one of the, one of if not the biggest game of the year so far. And so, I think. Uh, you know, this team, after a game like D.C., you want to come come strong and you want to have a, a good bounce back. And so what a team to test yourself against. You know, interesting, Connor, when you think of it, for New England, who definitely comes in 10-3-3. They've played 16 games. They've obviously been very good, top right now of the Eastern Conference. For Red Bull, on the flip side, they've hit a little bit of a wall in in this late part of July. We went into the broadcast light last night saying unbeaten in four, a win in three draws, right? But now, after the loss last night, it's a win in their last five, which makes, to your point, the game against the Revolution, the start of a two-game homestand. You'd love to think young team, hungry, maybe coach gets after him this week, players challenge themselves not to add more pressure to a game at the end part of July, but man, you better make sure I would think you come out flying on Saturday night. Yeah. It's funny how that narrative changes very quickly after a loss. Um, But it's, it is what it is. And I think that's exactly what you need to do. You need to challenge each other this week. I know training is going to be intense. I know that, you know, I'm sure they're going to have, you know, one of those classic Jesse Marsh, tournament day you know i know they're going to be competing they're going to have them really up for this match because i mean how could you not as a competitor the best team in mls is coming into your house who has beaten you twice this year and i know they're i know you track that how many times you guys played these guys what the results you've had and so i mean if you need 
more uh, um, inspiration to get up for a match. I don't think there is anything else there. I mean, you, you got to bounce back from a performance like you had, and I know that they're going to do so. And so I think it's it's a perfect time. I couldn't think of a better team to play after a game like D.C. Three teams right now in Major League Soccer that have 30 or more points. New England, 33, top of the Shield race, best team in the Eastern Conference, best team right now in all of Major League Soccer. They've played 16 games. Seattle, 32. They've also played 16 games. They've had that long run of unbeaten games. They've now lost a couple, uh, two losses on the year, 9-2 and 5 in Kansas City with 30 points as well. Um, Connor, interesting that you mentioned you wouldn't think of a better team to come in and try and end this little slide that you're in, despite getting points in four of the last five. Let's be honest about that, but only one win in the last five as well. Let me let me throw this out at you because Steve and I talked about it a little bit. He has such disdain for DC United, but think about when Steve Jolly played as opposed to when Connor Lade played and finished his career a couple of seasons ago. There was no Philadelphia. There was no NYCFC. It was D.C. and it was New England. For Connor Lade, who kind of bridges the gap from the early days of Major League Soccer to the more current days of Major League Soccer, for you, tell me who Red Bull's biggest rival is and was for you. Yeah, I mean, I come in the league in 2012, and it's it's D.C. United, hands down. I mean, I think it, that's the crazy part for players now you come into this team and you're like, who is our rival? Obviously you, I'm sure from the outside looking in, you know, there's history with DC, but there's also NYCFC, you know, you know, MLS puts another New York team in here. Naturally, it's going to be a huge rivalry. Um, I know Philadelphia likes to think of themselves as our big rival, but it's, it's hard for us to keep track of, you know, who these rivals are. But for me, it's always been DC United. You know, I, obviously I'm a little bit, you know, I, I grew up watching this team as well, and I've experienced those games live, and I know what it what it feels like inside those games. So I, I that's always been the big one for me. And obviously, NYCFC, there's a lot of history. I think there's a lot of bad blood that I, obviously you you can manufacture a rivalry by putting two teams in the same city, but being inside the lines, there definitely is some bad blood. And you know, there's been some interesting moments in the tunnels as well in in those games. So that naturally just adds to it. And I think the organic one that just happened was Atlanta. So I think every team, we always joke that every team always gets up to play us and every team hates us. And so I think, and a lot of teams like to think of themselves as our rival. But for me, I mean, DC is always at n number one on that list. I think then NYC, Atlanta. But I think it, you know, New England. You throw that into the mix as well. It's 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 crazy. You can just go down and make a list of people who call themselves our rivals. But I think you, for for me, for our club, probably our fans. I think DC is always going to be number one on that list. But you have to kind of get everyone up to speed on that and realize that that is a big rivalry. Two follow-up questions from me to finish up our podcast this week, um, and, and it's something actually I said last night to Steve, and we had some conversation with it during the course of the pregame show talking about rivalries and this, that, and the other thing. And I made the point too. It seems like every team does, as you just said, circle the Red Bulls on their calendar. Why is that? Why does everyone despise the Red Bull team as much as they do? It's a good question. 
It really is a good question. And I don't know if I have a clear answer for it. I just think that you have a target on your back. I don't know what it is, but I don't know what we did to all these teams, but I think, you know, we must've done something because there a lot of teams come in there's bad blood right from the first whistle against a lot of these teams. But you know what? I think that that makes it so exciting to play for this club. You know, you know, you're not going to get an easy team from any team in the league. And I, I don't think, you know, I haven't been able to experience being on another team. So I couldn't tell you from the, from a different side of things, but I think it's uh, there's something about playing for the Red Bulls that you get the best out of a lot of teams. And so that, that's what makes it exciting to be, to play for the team. And uh, yeah, I guess I'd have to be on another team to tell you an exact answer, but we're going to have to probably get some other guys on here to fill us in. So you're going to finish DC, NYC, Atlanta. Those would be your top three. I mean, pure historical. And for, for me playing against them as well, DC, I mean, that's, that's, that's the one that's always been. I think, uh, you know, even going back to the days of, I, I saw it on online yesterday, but the, of course, every time DC beats us, you get the Aleko meme of him spitting out the Red Bull. And so it's, it's just, it's always been that way. And there, there's always been bad blood. And for guys who have come here from DC, obviously they, the history is shared between the two sides and there's bad blood always. And though that will never change. Um, and then NYC, obviously it's, it's, that's a big one. You know, it, it just, it just happened. They, you know, the, the little brother comes into the city and, you know, you have to smack him down a little bit. And so I think that's, uh, that's going to be a big one. Obviously I'm excited to see this team get into that game because that's going to be one that maybe some of the players might put that number one on their list right now. Um, just from not a ton of experience, but it's going to be interesting to see all these new guys playing in these matches. But, uh, you know, Atlanta has, has a little bit, it's almost, it's hard to rank them one, two, three, because they all bring something different to the table. And it's, I think the, the best thing about rivalries is the more organic they're grown, the bigger the rivalry is. And so obviously like it's a regional thing, but you wouldn't exactly think of New York and Atlanta as a natural sport city rivalry, but it just happened that way. And, you know, you get into it with them and, you know, whether that's Kamar Lawrence and the big tackle on Vialba or, you know, obviously they, the series in 2018 had a lot of fireworks in it. So since they've come in, we've, we've had some big matchups against them as well. I think they're probably better too, that we spoiled their, their first game in the league as well. Which is funny because the two teams that I think you'd throw in the mix, New England would be one and Philadelphia would be the other. I think if you asked a revolution or a union fan, who is your team's biggest rival? I would be hard pressed to think at least, 50 to 60, maybe even up to 75% of the fan base would point to the Red Bulls and say, that's our biggest rival. That's our biggest rival. And that's, I guess teams aren't giving them hard enough games. I don't know what it is. I think they're just getting cakewalks along the way there and no one plays them like they do the Red Bulls. So naturally when we come in the building, they give them a tougher game. So that's, that's what they have to hang their hat on. So, but yeah, I mean, I listen, you, you start talking about rivalries and it's, I know a lot of these teams consider us theirs, but it, you, you can't, you can't make this stuff up for us. You know, it, it's, it just, how you have to experience it on the inside. And I know our fans definitely think of DC as probably that top one um, throughout the years. And so, but yeah, for a new England and, and uh, 
Philadelphia. I think people are going to have to give them tougher times so they can get some more rivals. Well, we will see one of those teams on Saturday night. It will be the revolution, a rivalry, however you describe it or what ranking you put it in. That goes back to the early days of Major League Soccer New York with an opportunity to grab uh, the last three points of this three-game series. Revolution have taken all six. Big one, obviously, coming Saturday night. It's a 6 o'clock kickoff. Steve Jolly and I will be on the air at 5. Connor, as always, good to catch up with you, my friend. This was fun just being able to catch up with you and and, and do this with just the two of us. Um, next week, obviously, we'll go back to our guests moving forward. But uh, as always, appreciate the time, my friend, and look forward to catching up next week. That sounds good, Matt. Looking forward to next week, and uh, we'll see you Saturday. For all of us here, the Red Bull Radio Network, my partner, Connor Laid, this is Matt Harmon. Again, we'll see you. Hopefully you'll be listening to us Saturday night as New England comes into town to take on the Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena.